1-800-THIS-IS-NOT-A-REAL-NUMBER, SO DON'T CALL IT. (laughs) Welcome to the Visionary Marketing Hotline, where you leave us a message asking your burning marketing-related questions, and we pick up your call and do our best to help you become a master marketer, or at the very least, to help you figure out how to make more genuine connections with your dream clients. It's time for our first caller, so let's get into it. So we're back with the marketing hotline. Welcome back, Alex. Did you enjoy episode one? <laughs> I did. I actually found it super informative. So. Oh, well, that's yeah. a blessing and a bonus. I, I'm glad that we didn't just like talk in circles for half an hour. But, you know, the, the whole goal is to make these super valuable for anyone listening who has a business or who aspires to start a business, but feels a little bit overwhelmed when it comes to their marketing strategy. So I think it's kind of fun what you and I are doing, just breaking it down into bite-sized questions. We're taking your questions. So please reach out to me on Instagram. If you do have a question you would like to see on the show. Um, but yeah, why don't we dive right in today with our first question? Perfect. So the first question is, how do I stand out in a saturated market? There's so many people doing what I do. Oh my goodness. Okay. So this is a great question because I think we all start our businesses feeling that way. It's like, okay. So for example, say you graduated from nutrition school, you look around you and not only are there 30 other classmates who are graduating with the exact same diploma that you have, but then you start following people on Instagram and you're poking around the internet and you realize there are thousands and thousands and thousands of other people who have the same credentials, or they went to the other nutrition school, or they just call themselves a nutrition coach, but they have, you know, 10,000 followers on Instagram and a seemingly very successful online course. And then all of a sudden you get complete imposter syndrome thinking, who the heck am I to come in and think that I can do my service better than anybody else? Um, So my first recommendation for the person who asked how to stand out in a saturated market is focus on what your unique brilliance is. Now, this is something that we study inside of the visionary method. In the typical business world, you'd call it your unique selling proposition or your USP. It's basically what makes your brand stand out from every other brand that offers a same promise or same solution that you do. So to give a really obvious example, some brands would decide that their unique selling proposition is to be their price. They're going to undercut everybody in their industry and be the most affordable option. So you can think about when Walmart started to sell food, their USP was Well, it's cheaper than every other grocery store. So that really worked for the price conscious consumer, right? But there are a lot of people who will never buy their food at Walmart because that's not attractive to them. Um, For someone, for example, graduating from nutrition school, if they're thinking, okay, well, I don't want to cut my price. There are so many creative, unique selling propositions that you can add into your business. So maybe you only work with women going through menopause. That's a USP, right? Because maybe that's your expertise. Or maybe your unique selling proposition is that you also are a 
naturopathic doctor, or you also are a personal trainer. So you have that added element of expertise. So I would say in order to stand out in a saturated market, like step one is figure out what makes you uniquely brilliant, figure out what makes you different. And if you don't know, email five friends and say, what makes me unique and see what they say. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) It's weird, but like, you know, one of the first business courses I took, that was an exercise and you had to email people and be like, what are three words you use to describe me? But it tells you a lot about yourself that you don't otherwise know. That's a like great piece of advice that people should do. And also remember that only you've walked through your shoes and through your life. So just that in itself is like a unique value proposition, right? And people may like resonate with the way you speak or the way you write and the way that you talk and yeah. how you're present. So always remember that as well. It's so true. Exactly. Your life story is unique. So yes. for a lot of people, that's enough. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. So our second question is, what is one piece of advice you would share with someone trying to get more hits on Google or maximizing their SEO? Mm -hmm. Okay. So for someone who wants to show up on Google, (laughs) we'll say, I think, um, that has become people's goal a lot more in recent times because they're realizing that social media platforms come and go. Uh, Google has been around for a while and it's here to stay. Like, I don't know about you, Alex, but when I need something, I pretty much go to Google and I'm like, Agreed. you know, looking for bakery in mm-hmm. this town or coffee shop in, yeah. or, you know, my husband just wanted somebody to aerate the lawn. I don't even know what that really means, <laughs> but a, you know, lawn aerator in our town. And guess who he chose? The person who popped up on mm-hmm. Google who had a website. So I totally understand why this person is asking the question. And I would highly recommend that everybody take some time to plan out how they are going to optimize their rankings in Google. So I can only speak from, you know, my experience with my own business and the business of my clients that I've worked for. Mm -hmm. But one of the easiest things that I know to be true about ranking in Google is having consistent weekly content Mm -hmm. with the thought in mind that it should be optimized for SEO. So here's what I mean. Number one, consistent weekly content would be like a weekly blog or a weekly podcast transcript or something that you are posting to keep your website updated. So Mm -hmm. I'd say commit to weekly because it's going to accelerate. um, It's going to accelerate your Google uh, keyword search journey. So weekly Mm -hmm. content, whatever that might be. Then what you want to do is make sure you understand some basic tricks for optimizing how Google pulls the content from your website and shows it in the search engine. Mm -hmm. So what that means is making sure that you're using popular keywords and popular search queries in your blog post. So for example, uh, we covered this in the visionary method a few weeks ago. We have a student who has an online course for new twin moms. So if you're going to have a set of twins, she's got a course that basically equips you with everything you need to know inside (laughs) of this course about what it's going to be like, because she went through it. 
So all of the content that she creates is all about prepping moms for twins, even thinking back to how to throw a baby shower for twins. So when she's creating content, what she does is she goes to Google before she even writes her content and she looks at what already exists and what keywords are popping up when people type in twin baby shower. So maybe what pops up as the first result is 25 ideas for hosting a really great twin baby shower and how to host the best twin baby shower. So knowing that those are rankings number one and two, what she's going to want to do is take a lot of those keywords that are in the titles, in the descriptors, and actually use those in her blog post. And I'm not saying copy, but use what's already working. Google's mm -hmm. already picking those up. So what we can do is basically see what's already like trending on Google and then mm -hmm. just kind of modify our content to fit Google's formula and to fit the Google keyword searches. And if you're feeling lost um, on how to optimize your content or even mm -hmm. what to start with, what I would say is take some time to go to a website called answerthepublic.com type mm -hmm. in kind of the general concept that you want to be talking about on a weekly basis. And when you type that in on answer the public, it's going to give you this whole mind map of what people are searching for around that topic. So if you um, are talking about marketing strategy, I might type in marketing strategy to answer mm -hmm. the public. And then it'll like have all these spinoffs that say how to create a marketing strategy. What is a marketing mm -hmm. strategy? All of these are really great keywords to be adding into blog posts and to be creating content around. So basically consistent weekly content and then learning the very, very basics of SEO. Um, you can listen to Neil Patel's podcast. He does bite-sized nuggets about SEO sometimes. Yeah. And that's what I would say. That's such, that's some really awesome tips and hacks to like use the Google search is such a great one that I never yeah. thought of. So that's a great hack. And also thinking of like, what does Google own? So like Google owns uh, YouTube, I believe, and yep. Pinterest as well. So if maybe blogging isn't for you specifically, you can also look at how you can optimize like what is working for you. If you're more in the video or pins on Pinterest, just yes. like already working with what you're doing and mm -hmm. doing that kind of stuff. That's a really, really good point. You're right. Cause not everybody loves blogging or yeah. know, like writing show notes for podcasts. Mm -hmm. You're right. YouTube, Pinterest, same search engine. So you could go and yeah. do those as your consistent weekly content as well. Oh, so awesome. Okay. So our third question is, there are so many social media platforms between TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Is it important to have a presence on all of them? Oh, man. Yeah, I get tired <laughs> just thinking about all of those platforms. Um, and that's even a short list. Like we missed Twitter. We missed Pinterest. We missed Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. um, like honestly, the list goes on and I feel like we're going to wake up in six months and there's going to be another dominant platform. Agreed. Just mm -hmm. when I think we've kind of like covered all of them, I'm like, we've got video. What more do we need? It's like, oh no, we're back to audio now on Clubhouse, yeah. <laughs> right? So, it's so um, true. <laughs> we may think that this is like a finite list of social media platforms, but it is going to keep evolving. So based on that, my answer is 
No, you absolutely do not need to show up on all of them. You need to show up first where your dream clients are hanging out Mm -hmm. and where they're diverting their attention. And two, a big, um, you know, a thing that I'm a big proponent of is you need to show up where you enjoy creating Mm -hmm. content. Cause I know that most of the listeners of this podcast, they don't have teams of people creating content for Mm -hmm. them. They can't just like pass off their Instagram strategy because it's just them working in their business. Mm -hmm. And so my suggestion would be to focus on one or two platforms at the beginning, get really, really good with them, like show up consistently on Instagram or, you know, create a really, um, supportive, and community oriented Facebook group. And then once you've got those one or two platforms dialed in, then move on to the third, like try Mm -hmm. to nail it and dominate a couple areas before you spread yourself super, super thin. So I would say adding in one platform every six months or so, but starting Mm -hmm. with two that you feel confident on and that, you know, when your when your dream client has like 20 minutes in the bathtub by themselves what platform did they just open up that's mm-hmm. your answer right there and that's where you should spend time and what is there advice that you would give to someone that maybe let's say their dream client is hanging out on linkedin but that might not be a platform that they truly love and mm-hmm. maybe Instagram comes easier to them so they're struggling with like i prefer being on instagram but i kind of know that my clients on LinkedIn, but I can't like, I don't resonate with that. Mm. That's a really good question. Yeah. When there's a disconnect between what you want and what your dream client does. So I would say experiment with both, because if you know that your dream client spends a lot of time on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. you may not love it, but there's an opportunity there. So figure Mm -hmm. out what is it that you do like about Instagram? So maybe it's mm-hmm. that you love the interactiveness and the DMs with Instagram. Mm-hmm. Cause every time you post stories, you get people who are commenting and engaging. Yeah. Maybe you could take a little bit of that kind of that conversational piece of Instagram and real-time content and actually use it on LinkedIn. So maybe you spend time connecting with people in the DMS on mm-hmm. LinkedIn rather than just posting boring mm-hmm. mundane content, or maybe you don't want to write articles like LinkedIn asks for. So you log on and you literally like congratulate some people on their jobs and you say, Hey, like, how have you been the last couple of years? Or tell me about this new business you've started. Mm So, um, because if they are spending a lot of time on LinkedIn and you know, that's where your dream client hangs out, (laughs) we might as well try and meet them there, even though it's not Mm -hmm. your favorite, but try to figure out a unique and fun way to do that. Right. You don't have to play to all of these nuances of social media, like LinkedIn doesn't have to be boring. You just have to figure out Mm -hmm. like how people want to be, uh, reached and how they want to be touched on that platform. A one-on-one connection always works wonders. So yeah, I would say try and, you know, think about what you love about the other platform and then see how you can replicate it or duplicate (laughs) it on a platform like LinkedIn. No, that's great advice. Thank you. Okay. So our next question is, how important is the aesthetic of your Instagram feed? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay, this, this question always gets me because I think it's something that people who get hung up on it are often Mm -hmm. the ones who are not posting anything on Instagram at all. And they're using that as an excuse, or it's just like a limiting belief that they have that everything has to look perfect and cohesive 
rather than just getting the content up. And for me, I think when people are worried about an Instagram aesthetic, it's usually the ego that is preventing you from doing that. And what you really need to be doing is squashing that ego (laughs) and sharing content, sharing life-changing information Mm -hmm. and education that can change somebody's life, right? Mm -hmm. If you have something that's really powerful, really unique, really transformative, please do not wait until the perfect filter comes out or until you figure out your Instagram aesthetic to say it. That is such a disservice to your dream Mm -hmm. clients. So of course, Instagram aesthetic is important because sometimes people will land on your page and they'll make a judgment, Mm -hmm. but most people, they just want to see that there's consistency, Mm -hmm. that there is a impactful message, Mm -hmm. that there is a human behind your brand rather than this perfect avatar who always has this pink filter on them. Um, so, you know, yes, take some time to figure out whether you want to use a common filter or editor. Um, personally, I just bought some presets on Mm -hmm. a website called light and airy. And then I drag photos into Lightroom, which is a free app for your iPhone. And I Mm -hmm. add the preset to all of the photos that I'm going to post. So it gives it a consistency. It's not perfect, Mm -hmm. but it's better than just posting things in different lighting, Mm -hmm. like some of them darker, some of them lighter. So you know, that would kind of be my answer to that. I, I, I know that for some brands it's different. Like if you are a very aesthetic forward brand, like everything's Mm -hmm. about it looking perfect, then Mm -hmm. sure. Spend more time on it. But if you're an imperfect human who has a coaching business, then you can be yourself. You don't have to have Mm -hmm. perfection all of the time. Um, it's just like the expression done is better than perfect. Like, you know, Agreed. I, I think there has to be a, a line that we draw. If you're getting way too caught up in the aesthetic, like there's mm-hmm. something else that's holding you back too. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right answer, but that's <laughs> where my brain goes. And there's also now there's a lot of tools and re- I have heard that there's some apps that you can kind of build the aesthetics on the app before you post. So if someone was super caught up with that and I'm pretty sure it's free, the actual resources I'm blanking on the name of the app that I'm thinking of, but I know that they do exist. So Mm -hmm. for people that are getting caught up with that, just download that app and like curate it at how you want to, and then get to posting because showing up is the number one. Yeah. I think um, there's an app called Planoly. I don't know if that's, yes, yes, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. And you can plan your grid. So yeah, that's such Mm -hmm. a good tip. Like if you're really worried about how it's all going to look together, Mm -hmm. then use an app like Planoly and you can actually see it before you post it. Exactly. So perfect. Okay. So our next question is what involves working with a marketing coach? Yeah. Okay. So this is a good question. Um, and I'm assuming that's because somebody has been considering (laughs) hiring a marketing coach. Um, so I'll kind of cover a little bit of the groundwork about what it would be like to hire any marketing coach, not specifically me necessarily, but uh, a lot of people in this industry who do offer Mm -hmm. marketing consulting or support. So the number one thing I would say is that you're actually going to build and implement a strategy. So what I've realized in my findings is that more than 50% of small businesses or solo entrepreneurs, they don't actually have any 
marketing documents. Like if I were to ask them to pull up your marketing strategy or show me the folder on your Google drive, where your marketing documents exist, they don't actually have anything at all. And that's a bit of a problem, right? Like if you were to, you know, I don't want to say like die tomorrow. If you were to die tomorrow and somebody had to step into your company, mm-hmm. where are they going to find all this information? Where are these processes and these strategies mm-hmm. existing? So number one, you're going to create and implement the strategy. And then number two, uh, I would say the other benefit of hiring somebody to work with, to support your marketing strategy is that you're going to have guidance and expertise in an area mm-hmm. that you might not otherwise have any skill in. And I get that most people don't identify as marketers. Like they Mm -hmm. just say like, you know, marketing just kind of confuses me, or I just show up when I want to, or, Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of wrote some things down that we should be doing, but I don't really do them that often. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's totally normal if you're a business owner in the early stages, because you're wearing a million other hats. Like you are also the visionary of your company. You're also the sales rep of your company. You're also the admin assistant of your company. You're also the content creator of your company. So to then be like, yeah, and I'm a great marketer is kind of crazy talk. So I would say those are two reasons to hire a marketing strategist. Um, And generally for someone curious about what the process would look like, of course, it's going to differ depending on who you work with, but, um, I can speak from my own experience. Like number one, if you're working with somebody to help you with your marketing, they're probably going to want to look at what you're doing already and start Mm -hmm. with one project right off the bat to get you some results. So they're going to look at your backend, what you're selling, where your revenue comes from. And they're going to say, oh, you make a ton of money from this one online course. You're barely even promoting it. Let's just change a few things there so that you can see some fast results. So that would be step one. Step two is to begin assembling what I would call a marketing playbook, like literally a document that has everything you need to, um, see your strategy in one place. So based on your goals and what you sell and who Mm -hmm. you serve, we're going to break down your strategy into what are all the organic marketing efforts we do? Mm -hmm. What are all the paid marketing efforts we do? Mm -hmm. What are all of the collaborations and strategic partnerships we have Mm -hmm. in place? And what are those free gifts that we give to our community as a way for them to opt in? Because marketing is about awareness, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to say like, where, where are we giving free things that people can opt into, whether it's like an event or a lead magnet or a giveaway, et cetera. So we're going to assemble your marketing playbook. Um, The next thing we're going to do is really audit your current strategy and situation. Uh, Well, we'll do this simultaneously and we're going to decide what stays because it's bringing you clients and revenue. And we're also going to decide what goes. Marketing Mm -hmm. is not just about adding more stuff on your Mm to-do list. It's about taking away things that are not working and that are not worth your time. So it's not going to be like you have a million and one new things to do because we're also going to simultaneously get rid of a lot of marketing efforts. And then we're going to start the implementation phase. There's a lot of testing, a lot of um, like scientific experiments that need to be done. So we implement these strategies that are written in the playbook. We track our data, we test them. We make sure that there is growth month over month when we introduce new efforts, that awareness is growing, that we're getting more sales calls booked and that ultimately we're getting more clients. So 
that would be a quick overview of why you would want to work with a marketing coach. Generally, it's just somebody who has an expertise in an area that you may not otherwise have. And, you know, it's exactly why I hire someone to do my bookkeeping and my accounting, because I just, you know, it's not one of the hats that I love to wear. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, when you think of, um, the high level Olympian, for example, they're not doing all their training, all their program writing, all their nutrition, um, you know, documents by themselves. They have people for that. Their expertise is being in their craft, you know, training for the marathon, Mm -hmm. everything else needs to be taken care of. And I think, you know, that's what we should all aspire towards when we have the money to hire out where we are not gifted. So Mm -hmm. I hope that helps. (laughs) No, that's great. And like for someone that is looking maybe to hire, is there any advice Cause I know there's a lot of people that, um, may call themselves a marketing coach, something for people to kind of look for when they are speaking to a marketing coach or having that discovery call, um, for like qualifications or know that it's the right fit. Totally. So I would say number one is that you need to trust the person. So ask Mm -hmm. them about their past work, right? Mm -hmm. Get on a call with them, obviously like bring some questions to the table and also Mm -hmm. ask for some samples. Who have they worked for? Who, um, have they helped in the past? Do they have any metrics or data about the results that previous clients have had with them? Second, I would consider whether you're looking to hire a creative marketer or somebody who's very data driven, um, Mm -hmm. ideally somebody who understands a balance of both, but there is Mm -hmm. a difference between somebody who can create and dream up campaigns for you versus Mm -hmm. a friend of mine has hired a rocket scientist because he wanted somebody to really analyze every number from their marketing efforts. So think about what it is that you might need. And at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, somebody who you can get along with, because if you're going to be working closely with someone, you're going to be bringing them in behind the scenes of your company. You're going to be working shoulder to shoulder with them for a period of time Mm -hmm. as if they are part of your business, as if they're Mm -hmm. your colleague. Um, so just someone that you feel connected to that, uh, understands the vision and mission of your company Mm -hmm. and that you would enjoy spending time with inside of an office if that were the case. No, those are great tips. Um, well, I think that we'll wrap it up. Um, I think we've talked their ear off or maybe I have, so sorry (laughs) for blabbing today. Um, but yeah, I think these are all great questions. And again, if anybody does have questions, that they want to ask, um, on Instagram is the best spot. So you can just find me at Kelsey Rydell and we'll pop up, uh, just in the Instagram stories every once in a while, a box where you can submit your questions or you can send them in the DMS. And we look forward to seeing more of these because marketing can be kind of mystical and a little bit confusing and always changing, but the principles always stay the same. And so that's what we'll continue to talk about. So thanks, Alex. If you're tired of experiencing slow and inconsistent growth in your business, then I have something for you. The Marketing Mastery Intensive is the ultimate marketing course for entrepreneurs who want to grow their business and sign more clients. 
It was created by me, the founder of The Visionary Method, and a creative marketer of over 10 years. I'm Kelsey, by the way. (laughs) I know what it takes to get results in the client services industry, and I really want to share this knowledge with you. The Marketing Mastery Intensive is going to teach you how to create a marketing plan that works for your business because every business needs a unique plan. You cannot copy anyone else's. And I'm going to show you how to find new customers, both online and offline, and how to tap into your inner marketer. You'll also learn about branding, email marketing, conversion optimization strategies, and more. Plus, there are weekly coaching calls with me where I teach one new principle each week so that you can apply it, test it, and then report back with feedback. And if that's not enough already, you get unlimited access and support to me as your chief marketing officer for the duration of 90 days. So if you head to visionarymarketingcourse.com, you can learn more, join our wait list, or if you're listening to this after May 17th, you can go ahead and sign up. Again, the link to learn more is visionarymarketingcourse.com, www.visionarymarketingcourse.com. That's all for today's marketing hotline. We hope you enjoyed it. 1-800-WE-STILL-DON'T-HAVE-A-REAL-PHONE-NUMBER YET. But in the meantime, you can head to visionarymarketingcourse.com for more awesome resources. Again, that's visionarymarketingcourse.com and we'll see you on the next episode.